Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay in the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose and the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 811 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Julio Diaz is the host of Let's Go Pensacola, heard at 4 o'clock on Saturday here on News Radio, and also the host of the Pensacola Movie Club on Facebook. Follow them, find out what they're going to watch, and then go to the movie and talk about it afterwards with them. That's kind of the cool thing. Hey, Julio, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. How was Infinity Pool? Uh, you know, this is a movie I think, uh, is not going to be for everybody. I, I liked it. Uh, I saw it with, uh, with some people who are usually a little more esoteric than me, who were uh, a little underwhelmed by it overall in terms of the, the, uh, the overall messaging. But, uh, but I thought it was, was really well made and especially, uh, very interesting visually. So uh, this is uh, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because his father, David Cronenberg, is a very, oh, yeah. uh, very well-known director and well-known for a, a certain kind of movie. And, and, and Brandon is kind of following in his footsteps in a lot of ways. There's a, you know, there, there's a definite similar aesthetic going on here overall. Although I think I think what Brandon's doing is a little bit more. A little bit more mainstream accessible than a lot of David Cronenberg stuff. I, you know, I think the most mainstream movie David Cronenberg ever made was The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, but uh, but uh, he wrote and directed this film. Uh, stars Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth, and it's a uh, a story about uh, these uh, these wealthy people staying at this uh, you know this resort in this. Uh, a resort yes. named White Lotus? Yeah, no, not White Lotus, but uh, but it's uh, it, it's kind of in the, like a third world country kind okay. of. Got it. And they're not supposed to go outside the bounds of the the, the resort, but they do. And uh, they they uh, there's a there's an accident, and it's determined that the the laws of these people are any any crime whatsoever uh, is punishable by death. But if you're a wealthy tourist, you can choose to pay to have a duplicate of yourself made, and then you have to watch them die. Okay. And All yeah, right. so it's a it's just a bizarre concept. It goes off in these these interesting ways that have some some commentary about the world. Uh, yeah, and overall, the reviews on this are are very good. Turning eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, I, it sounds I like the kind of movie I'm with you. It sounds like the kind of movie I would be interested in, just because I'd be curious about how the premise plays out and what it makes me think yeah, about. So not. not not for everybody. It's rated R. It is a pretty hard R. There's oh, a lot okay. of psychosexual things going on here. Uh, but uh, but I thought it was very interesting, and I've become really a big devoted fan of Mia Goth. I think she's just fantastic. She's really good in this, just as she was in, in X and Pearl. And I think she's uh, she, she, along with uh, Jenna Ortega and, uh, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, is one of our most Rising reliable stars. stars right okay. now. Yeah. We got uh, three other movies to get to. Fear is out. What's that about? Uh, it's about 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, so okay, don't bother. gotcha. That's a pass. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that's our that's our first go-to. That's how I vet movies bad, first as I go bad, to. Bad pan- yeah, bad pandemic horror movie, basically. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, but we got Oscar contenders that we're finally getting. Women Talking? 
Yeah, we do. Women Talking is up for several awards, including Best Picture. Uh, this is uh, written and directed by Sarah Polly, and it's based on a true story uh, about a Mennonite society where uh, uh, it, it was determined that the some of the men in the society were drugging and raping the women at night. And while the rest of the men folk are off to try to bail them out of prison, these women are having a conversation about their future and what are they going to do? Are they going to run? Are they going to stay yeah. and fight? Uh, very powerful, and as I said, you know, a multiple Oscar nominee. So, and then Living is another Oscar contender. Yeah, primarily for uh, Best Actor for Bill Nighy, who is uh, uh, okay. you know, a, a fantastic actor in general, yeah. but apparently a career performance in this. Uh, this is uh, based in part on an Akira Kurosawa film, which was based on a Russian novel. So it's kind of multinational, but he plays a a British office worker, kind of a middle manager bureaucrat type who uh, really hasn't lived life and he gets a terminal diagnosis and it, you know, he decides, okay, well, in the time I have left, I'm going to live. It's not a and, brain uh, cloud though, right? Just to be clear, it's not a brain cloud? I, you know, I don't know what the, uh, what the actual malady is. In fact, I, I believe it's not named. But uh, again, fantastic reviews on this, both women talking and, and uh, living. There's reasons they're up for Oscars. Also interesting to think about how that kind of a scenario can be made in all of these different cultures because there's enough resonance and similarity that it works in all those environments. What are you guys going to watch next week, Julio? It uh, looks like we're looking at the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin, which uh, I'm always a little dubious on Shyamalan. Right. He's just very, very hit or miss for me. So, But we will see. Uh, we'll be checking that out next week, uh, barring you know something something odd coming along, maybe another Oscar nominee that we haven't had in the area yet. I should mention a lot of the Oscar nominees are in local theaters. Okay. Uh, some of them have come back in. Triangle of Sadness, I think, is one a lot of people missed when it played here initially. That's back in local theaters. And you can also see my favorite movie of 2022, Everything Everywhere All at Once, is back on the big screen as well. So Very good. Julio Diaz hosts the Pensacola Movie Club. You can follow them on Facebook. You can also, of course, check him out when he's live here on News Radio on Saturdays at 4 o'clock for Let's Go Pensacola. Julio, as always, thanks for the uh, time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. 816 here on News Radio 92. Three transgressors. Ceremony comes up next. Candy's got traffic on the fives. The good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays. Somebody asked if it was a holiday because it is pretty light. And uh, please keep it that way. As we <laughs> look around, we're still not showing anything. It looks like 29 accident free all the way down to the split at Pace Palafox. If you see an accident, traffic tips text 437 1620. News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. The holidays are fast approaching, and one of the sure things on the menu is weight gain. Tune in Tuesday morning at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as one of ProHealth's team members will be the guest and will be discussing how ProHealth's medical weight loss program can help you during the holidays and beyond. Get ready to feel and look better with ProHealth's medical weight loss program. That's Tuesday morning at 10 as ProHealth will be the guest on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. Wake up with Andrew McKay in the Pensacola Morning News. Lifestyle talk with Jenna Barr and Pep Talk. Drive home with Bobby Rossi in Pensacola right now on News Radio 92.3.
We are gathered here today to remember those who've transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, Mars Incorporated makers of M&Ms for their extremely misguided cancellation of their own wonderful cultural ambassadors, the Spokescandies. You may recall one year ago when Mars announced some changes in the lovable characters, such as desexualizing the brown M&M by substituting sensible pumps for her objectifying stilettos, turning green M&M into a feminist leader by replacing her white go-go boots and alluring poses with sneakers and confident singleness, Red Eminem would stop being a bully, and Orange Eminem would represent Gen Z by honestly showing his vulnerable feelings and persistent social anxiety. Wonderful changes all. But just when Mars was finally making real progress toward a more inclusive world of candy characters, they have now said they are abandoning their spokes candies entirely and replacing them with just Maya Rudolph. We had almost arrived. We were on the verge of having plain Eminems who identified as having peanuts and M&M's born with peanuts, having them removed through modern candy-affirming surgery. Red was going to compete in women's lacrosse. Green was going on a date with brown and maybe also blue. It was all coming together. But now in one fell swoop, Mars has thrown all that progress and potential aside. And do you not realize how powerful and painful this blanket cancellation is? Mars has literally wiped out the rainbow. We've spent decades appropriating the rainbow from the Christians and turning it into the great and cherished symbol of alternativity and inclusion has become today, and in one violent marketing spasm, Mars metaphorically eradicates it all? No. The outrageous anti-rainbow symbolism of this act cannot be allowed to stand. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! Second, the marketing team at A&W Root Beer. Following the rainbow-phobic disaster of the Mars Company's actions, the leaders at A&W decided to mock our religion by issuing what turned out to be a callously cruel, satirical announcement that they would be putting pants on their mascot, Rudy the Root Bear. As they asked on Twitter the next day, Is now a good time to mention that this is a joke? Look, dear brother and sister and another, and even though we know Mars was wrong for what they did, we do recognize at least they were trying to be inclusive, A&W, on the other hand, is engaged in a wanton rejection of everything we stand for. Does A&W really not feel the seriousness of allowing fictional cartoon animals to wander around in public without pants? Surely, in order to create their so-called satire, they had to grasp the powerful triggering effect a pantsless orange bear can have on hashtag MeTooVictims, not to mention those who have been visually molested by real-life naked bears. So A&W understood the danger, but instead of standing with victims of cartoon bear indecency, they chose to mock the wounded. For shame, Team Rudy, for shame. However, we do want to say they have inadvertently done us a service, for they have now inspired us to reassess the entire scope of fictional bears and to bring much-needed reform to the ursine attire space. Now, as it turns out, most cartoon bears are highly problematic. We need the poo. For all his zen-like calmness is casually menacing all the other residents of Hundred Acre Wood with his exposed tummy and poo sticks. Is this really acceptable behavior in front of a lady like Kanga or minors like Christopher Robin and Rue? I think not. Certainly we should stop promoting both the full nakedness of the Cottonelle Bears and also their uncivilized hoarding of toilet paper during the pandemic. It should go without saying that Paddington is extremely unacceptable. 
a bear who only wears a red hat, yellow galoshes, and a long blue coat over what we can only assume is a fully naked torso. Now, I know some people might say it's just a pea coat, but an honest observer realizes it's a trench coat. And I think we all know why fictional cartoon bears wear trench coats, don't we? Then we have Smokey the Bear, who, yes, is wearing pants and a ranger hat, to be sure, but shirtless? Shirtless? What an arrogant display of cisgenderism and male nipple privilege. Obviously, no fictional forest ranger she-bear would be allowed to appear this way. And if Rudy and Winnie and Paddington must wear pants, and they must, Smokey must immediately put on a shirt, because only you can prevent the forest fire of sexism. Fozzie the bear with only a polka dot kerchief, the sugar crisp bear with merely a ribbed blue turtleneck, and what about Yogi? In what universe is it okay to welcome people to Jellystone wearing only a necktie and a hat? And of course, Boo Boo only wears a bow tie. What are they, some Chippendales strip bear duo working the pole for picnic baskets? And speaking of Chippendale, they go totally naked most of the time too. Sometimes just a Hawaiian shirt, which is both indecent and second-degree Polynesian appropriation. Speaking of chipmunks, are we really supposed to ignore the partial frontal nudity thrust at us every time Alvin shows up wearing only his A-emblazoned sweater? And if we're going to look outside the realm of bears and rodents, what about Porky Pig? What about Donald Duck? And perhaps if Pepe Le Pew could have just put on some clothes, Penelope Pussycat could have been spared from all of his unwanted advances. You start looking around, and I dare say that apart from Mickey and Minnie Mouse, you will scarcely find a fully clad fictional cartoon animal in this cultural wasteland of ours. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! And finally, we want to applaud Walt Disney World for finally bringing an end to Splash Mountain, the water ride which was saturated with characters and images from the horribly racist movie Celebrating Plantation Life, Song of the South. Now, normally you might think that the mere fact of a ride being so wildly popular as this one was would be enough to protect it under the guise of capitalism and catering to consumer demand. After all, more than 90,000 Disney loyalists signed a petition to keep it. But since the fine thought shapers at Disney are already rolling in Scrooge McDuck-level profits, they could afford to do the right but unpopular thing. And as we know, bending over backwards to accommodate the hurt feelings of the minority in a way that loses money is kind of the definition of virtue. Besides, Disney isn't eliminating the log plume ride entirely, they're simply reconstructing it as Tiana's, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, built around the theme of the Princess and the Frog featuring a black heroine. However, a noted cultural anthropologist Wanda Sykes has raised a reasonable concern. I mean, I appreciate the effort from Disney, but you're going to make the black ride the one where we get our hair wet? That's just more racist than before. But perhaps we can revisit this objection another time. Questions about the perfection of Tiana's Bayou Adventure and its threat to African-American hair should not distract us from celebrating the end of Splash Mountain and the interracial enlightenment this change brings one giant zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day closer. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And now with these cleansing rites performed, may we all go forth in loving tolerance and microaggress no more. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. A25 here on News 5 here. A25 <laughs> here on News Radio 923. I'm what is Andrew McKay. With you? I 
You know, <laughs> if anybody knows, only God. Uh, <laughs> only God knows. All right, Candy, let's get you in here first with Traffic on the Fives. Let me get in here. Uh, we are watching an accident. This is now on uh, Highway 29, and it's southbound right near the CVS. It looks like uh, as soon as it crosses uh, Brent uh, in an accident, it looks like a stalled vehicle, and it's on the uh, the southbound right-hand lane. So certainly watch out for that. That's the only thing that I'm seeing right now. Uh, certainly caution. I-10 East and westbound is clear. No issues with any on or off ramps. Traffic tips, text, or call. 437 1620. It's News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. We'll be uh, going to work the poll for picnic baskets. Dude, soon. you're killing hey. me. <laughs> you are killing me. You're so awful. 826 on News Radio 923. Don't cancel the rainbow. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The video showing what eventually led to Tyree Nichols' death in Memphis is going to be released in four parts today. Police Chief C.J. Davis in Memphis tells CNN that footage will be released on YouTube this afternoon. Uh, they say there will be a link That'll be used so anybody who wants to see it. Uh, what are the can, four can parts? The four different cameras, maybe that each of them might have been wearing. That yeah, seems I'm, weird. I'm not sure. It's okay. just it just says that it's going to be a four part video. All of that's going to be released on YouTube. Of course, a lot of Memphis and other cities all bracing for uh, whatever aftermath yeah, comes from this. I I mean I. I, I don't want to see the video, but I will watch it because I'm but I'm sure it's awful. I'm it just yeah, it's, it, it sounds yeah. like it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, some Florida lawmakers want to know what the FBI knows about mass shootings. Congressman Maxwell Frost and some others sent a letter to House leaders this week asking them to request a classified FBI briefing. And Jay Leno just can't seem to catch a break. Apparently now he's recovering from new injuries after an accident while working on another one of his vintage vehicles, this time a motorcycle. He apparently got knocked off of his 1940 Indian motorcycle while test riding it last week, suffered a broken collarbone, cracked ribs, and kneecaps. Uh, oh, apparently God. he didn't see a wire that was strung across the parking lot, and as he was riding, he just got clotheslined right off the bike. Wow. So, uh, Yikes. And I mean, Leno is seventy-two. Yes. Okay. So, you know, he's he's in a, a vicinity where you know maybe you start to settle down a little bit. But I mean, you know, or run for president. Yeah. Right. You know, one well, of the two. He'll be yeah. he'll he'll be eligible in five more years. So. <laughs> wow. God, I hope he's okay, man. That's awful. Um, man. Yeah. All right, David. Thanks so much for the update. Yeah, we're 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 waiting for all this. You know, we're hoping that nothing really happens in uh, memphis because obviously they've already charged these cops all five of them all five of them happen to be black okay um and you know they've already charged them and so i'll be honest my my concern about this whole thing is i don't for the life of me can't figure out why they're releasing this video on a friday afternoon i'm you know tuesday wednesday thursday somewhere but on a weekend when people are already you know i mean what are the precursors to, you know, rioting and bad behavior by large groups of people? Well, that they have the time or the willingness to get together and do whatever they're going to do. And if it's a work night, it's just less light, not not a zero, okay? But it's like you're feeding into already what's going to be a challenge. And so I certainly hope that everything is peaceful there and everywhere else around the country. Uh, but I know people. Uh, I know people, and that concerns me. And, you know, in this case, again, they've already done the charging, the police chief, the DA, everybody has come out against this. The, you know, universal condemnation of what happened has taken place and the fact that they've already been charged and uh, four of them booked in. And, you know, they all they all surrendered themselves to the authorities and then four of them have bonded out. Um, You know, so there's no 
what would you protest in order to achieve? Sure. You know, in this case, and there's nothing yet to be done, but um, still. Well, very, it's not like political concerned. stuff happens in Memphis. So. Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's a bit of history, right? I know, I know. 8.30, the wrap comes up next. Uh, David, what do you have coming up in your news, sir? A uh, Pensacola man's been charged for his role in a shooting earlier this month. That story and more after this update from our friends at Fox News. News. I'm Lillian Wu. President Biden has just announced that Jeff Zients will be his next White House chief of staff. Tensions are high in Memphis as authorities are braced for possible reaction to the release of body cam video of the police encounter, which led to the death of Tyree Nichols. Four of the five officers charged in his murder are now free. Demetrius Haley is the only one who remains in custody on $350,000 bond at the Shelby County Jail this morning. Fox's Charles Watson. More signs inflation is cooling. The PCE rose in December by the smallest amount in 15 months. 0.1% month over month for the PCE price index. Year over year, again, a 5%. Now the core number, this excludes 0.3% month over month, 0.3%, and then the core PCE price index year over year in line, 4.4%. Fox is Cheryl Fasoni, America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, it's 831 News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. Right now, 46 degrees, warming up a few degrees anyway. Partly cloudy here in Pensacola. And we're starting to uh, learn more about the Pensacola business owner at the center of the uh, latest arrest involving Jesse Lacoste. Lacoste, of course, the former contractor, accused of taking money from local homeowners uh, for work that he never completed, sometimes never started. Speaking with Channel 3, business owner Tyler Wynn says he hired Lacoste to do construction work, paid $184,000. We are in huge, you know, credit card debt now because, I mean, we, all the money that I had worked for and that, you know, my dad left me after he passed, it's, it's all gone. You know, Jesse just took it and did not want to do the work. Lacoste was arrested this week, charged with three counts of larceny, one count of fraud. And Wynn says Lacoste has been ordered to pay back $234,000, but so far he says he hasn't seen any of that money. A 22-year-old Pensacola man now charged for his alleged role in a shooting on 9th Avenue and Blunt Street this month. Uh, 22-year-old Taziah Dixon charged with principal to attempted murder and discharging a firearm from a vehicle. PPD investigators say in total 25 shots were fired at a man that was waiting at a red light January 1st. Dixon now held on $60,000 bond at the Escambia County Jail. A 24-year-old Arkansas man has died after... Apparently driving off the Bob Sykes fishing pier yesterday. Florida Highway Patrol says that happened late yesterday morning, about 1130. The car was heading north on the pier. The driver uh, didn't see the end of the bridge and crashed into the concrete barrier. The vehicle ultimately ended up going off the pier and into the water. Both, Both the car and the man's body have been recovered. One of Florida's top lawmakers pushing what she calls a comprehensive workforce housing strategy. State Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo announced the details yesterday of a new Senate bill, Bill 102. The Naples Republican says the Live Local Act, or the Live Local Act, I'm sorry, will address the lack of affordable rentals 
by creating incentives for developers to create affordable units for low to moderate income workers seeking to live in the communities that they serve. She says the bill respects the private property rights as well by banning rent control. Florida homeowners might have a shorter amount of time to file a lawsuit about construction defects in their homes. Representative John Snyder's filed a bill. He says that could help address a lack of affordable housing by reducing litigation. Uh, when, when folks are able to enter into the building, begin use of it, that's when the clock should start. Uh, and so from that day, uh, for under this language, seven years, the statute of repose would be open for that property owner to, to file a claim. And under current law, homeowners can file lawsuits about defects up to 10 years after they take possession of a property. Well, a cow was hit by a dump truck on Highway 95A yesterday. Happened near the Casey Lane intersection, and FHP troopers say the cow was crossing the road when it was hit by the dump truck. The cow reportedly didn't suffer serious injuries and was corralled back into its enclosure by its owner. The dump truck driver also wasn't hurt. It's 835 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Candy, what are you seeing out there? Uh, right now, just the stalled car on Highway 29 is just after the Brent, uh, the pathway to Brent after that intersection. Um, and to stay in the lane, it, it looks like that's in the right-hand lane, so that is moved off to the side. If you see an accident or you have traffic tips, 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Another chilly day out there today with temperatures warming up near 56 degrees for your high in the afternoon. Mostly sunny skies, lows overnight dropping near 42. Slight warm up as we go into Saturday. Mostly sunny skies, high near 62. Saturday night temperatures dropping near 52 degrees. As we go into Sunday, rain will return. 90% chance of showers with a high near 68 degrees. Saturday night temperatures dropping near 54. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, 46, partly cloudy in Pensacola, 44 in Gulf Breeze and 37 in Milton. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's creoninfo.com. Your money now. Opening markets are down, but not by a lot this morning. The Dow Jones down 832 at 33,941.09. The S&P 500 down 670 at 4,053.73. And the NASDAQ down 1207 at 11,534. There's even more financial problems for Bed Bath & Beyond. They're facing a potential bankruptcy. The chain has defaulted on a credit line it had with J.P. Morgan. Uh, it also says it doesn't have enough money to address the debt it's got on the books. Hasbro laying off a thousand employees. The toy maker announced those job cuts yesterday, along with a warning that they're expecting weaker holiday quarter results 
And just days after the Justice Department announced an investigation into Goodyear and their handling of issues surrounding a tire recall, the Akron-based company says they're uh, announcing restructuring actions later today. Goodyear previously said they'd release all of their financial reports reports for the fourth quarter uh, and full year of 2022 on February 8th. Right now, no word on what might be included in today's restructuring announcement. It's 838. Your next news at 9 and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne. This is News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Pensacola's Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings 5 to 9. These kids who grow up in poverty often grow up in broken homes. They grow up in an environment where there's very little hope. If you lived in that environment, it's very easy to understand why people are largely a product of their environment. We need to get successful black men who have come out of that background in front of these kids when they're young enough for that example to make a difference. On News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big sharp it up. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. We are here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a Pensacola morning news. Joining me in studio, we have uh, former state representative Frank White. I think this is maybe his second time on. And of course, Danny Zimmern, who is Mr. Mardi Gras and Mr. Event Downtown and, you know, Mr. I mean, everything, sort of, I think. So, gentlemen. He's like Cher. You don't even need an introduction. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Perfect. Or we should you. have just Zimmern. Perfect. Should be her name. Zimmern. Perfect. Danny Z. I, I always think it's a total side note. You, you know, Lumen May always calls you Zimmerman. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I'm used to it. As long as it's, they call me. As long as they call you and pay you for right. whatever it is That's that you're, right. you're, you're doing. I appreciate exactly that. Right. Frank, welcome back. Good to have Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you. So uh, let's let's just dive in. Um, I think one of weirdly, I didn't think this was all that big of an issue, but of course, national news media loves to hate Governor DeSantis. So, you know, fine. We'll give them their minute. Uh, the African-American AP course uh african-american history um you know my take was i thought that we don't there's all too much other stuff to be done in high school that's too nuanced of a thing it's perfect for college it's not particularly appropriate for high school uh but of course him coming out and saying uh, what he said about it and pointing out some of the elements of it has got the whole world in an uproar uh your take frank as having been in tallahassee not with governor DeSantis, but you know before yeah, I love what Governor DeSantis did. I think it's a, it is a, an appropriate AP course for kids who do want to go to college and start that AP track, AP program. But what matters is what's in the course. And that's what Governor DeSantis' issue is, is that people with an agenda, particularly a leftist agenda, are using that course to push that agenda. Mm-hmm. It's this, and that's what he called out, and that's what the college board, which writes this curriculum, that's what he, he is calling on them to fix, what they need to fix. So, you'd be, so you would be okay with it if it were written in a less agenda-based way? 100%. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, I took the view, I did not think that it was appropriate. It was too specialized of a coursework, given what you do in high school. But interesting. Okay. And, and, you know, as far as teaching, you know, the black perspective on American history, I love that because I know that's something that we don't, you know, we don't have white people don't get enough of that. And that's, I think, a problem. Danny, your thoughts? Oh, sorry, Frank, you were continuing. I kind of interrupted you. Yeah, I was just, the, the distinction is that this is, the kids who are going to take this are kids who go to, you know, they're in AP classes, advanced placement. These are kids who sure. are going to college 
who are on that track, who want to further their studies in you know, particular areas. And I think at that point, if you're a junior and senior in high school, you know, an elective or two, yeah, let, it, let them take it. Let them go for it. And, and it's a good reminder uh, to me that, you know, th- there is an effort to you know, uh, propagandize at college. I know I used to teach there. Uh, it's certainly as true today as it ever was, but an effort to now, it seems like at least with this course to reach down into high school and begin <laughs> the, 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 you know, the indoctrination a little bit early totally. if you can. And this is a perfect example of that. A perfect yeah. example of why homeschooling of why private schools are booming now and why public school enrollment is dropping as parents see this kind of thing. And this is one more little example of how folks with an agenda are taking you know, something, taking education and pushing that agenda on people. Danny? Everybody has a perspective. I respect that. I, I, I believe everybody has a, a different, can look at something and see two different things. So I, I appreciate that too. But I just, I hate the political piece of that. And we should all be able to get along. And I, I would r- much rather it be uh, an optional situation uh, if somebody chose to do that. You know, and you have this sort of backdrop of uh, they're always trying to push the governor DeSantis as a racist narrative, you know, which I think he's done an incredibly effective job of disproving over the years. But still, you know, these things linger and, you know, any tool in a storm, right? If you're going to attack somebody and hate them, find a, find a way to do it. it. Frank, you reminded me that the other, I think, I think major announcement with the bill filed in, in Tallahassee, the HB1, is the voucher expansion. You know, expanding that to anybody in any income level, uh, I think the current cap is somewhere around $100,000, 400% of the poverty line, um, and this would expand it to everybody. But there's also a provision in there, and that would about double the number of kids who would be eligible for the voucher to go to private schools. The uh, element in there also is to allow homeschoolers to get a slice of this, and it's still not quite clear to me what that could be used for. I don't think they're offering to just pay, you know, homeschooling parents, but still, that homeschoolers would become eligible ten thousand the first year, twenty thousand the second year, as that would ramp up. Uh, your thoughts on expanding vouchers to everybody? Yeah, the, the devil's in the details. Sure, um, and I, I don't. I'm not familiar with the proposal in Tallahassee, but I do know they're the people who will make the best decisions for each child. For, for their for a child's education is are the parents and you know that the doll I, I believe just as a fundamental principle the dollar should follow the student I recognize that creates a lot of you know a lot, a lot of stress on financial budgets of school districts and so there are ways to balance it right and so and not not you know every child has you know two love the, the kind of parents that you know that I enjoyed and that right. my kids have absolutely um, you know but but still there no every the, the, the child's parent knows best what's what's is going to be in the best position to know what's best for that child and there, there's a way to for dollars to follow the student there's a way for every student to have an option to find the best place for them and that's I, I'm, I'm all for the innovation and and typically uh, the parents who are most eager to get the vouchers are the parents of the kids who go to the schools that are the least well performing because they are full of students who come from poor backgrounds, don't have intact families, struggle all the time. And, uh, you know, to me, it's always I've looked at it as, well, I hate to punish everybody by forcing them to stay in a bad product. Maybe we can't get everybody to escape, but if some can escape, (laughs) you know, that seems like that's, as you say, uh, you know, if those parents want it, and many of them do. I remember the early conversations about this where it was always poor black parents in inner city schools that were like, please, please give us the vouchers in Ohio and Indiana and everywhere else. Danny? I have very mixed emotions about it. I think it monetizes education. And I'm not sure that's a, it's a slippery slope. I think there'll be schools that start to open up for the profit of that. 
whether they do a good job or not, I'm not sure, or kids who may be homeschooled so that the money can get in the mailbox there. I, 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 I'm very mixed emotions about it. I, there are terrible situations that exist in our community and across the country, all communities and across Florida, uh, of parents who cannot make the best decisions and are not governed by uh, many of of the moral issues that many of us are and I, I, I really struggle with monetizing education that way. I, I agree in concept that people who are in a school that's underperforming uh, should have the option to get their children out but I'm not positive it's gonna it's gonna work. Now I don't know the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some schools that have great teachers, uh, great administration definitely and the schools, the kids are not doing well and it's complicated it is complicated i we you know in mardi gras the many of the crews do things to help some of those underperforming schools and to hear the story of a campus that has four or five hundred kids and 15 or 18 of them are homeless yeah come to school every morning and you know that it just it just pulls at you how do you fix that i mean yeah uh, so I, I I don't know about giving everybody a, a a voucher slash blank check to walk around. It's going to be hand, is it going to be handled right or not? And and we know from experience right here in Pensacola that charter schools, you know, uh, which is not the same as a private school, obviously, but that charter schools run outside of the under the auspices of but run by not the school district. Sometimes they are real problems, right? We've seen that here in Pensacola in the last couple of years. We're talking about all kinds of things with Danny Zimmern and Frank White here on The Wrap. Candy's got traffic on the fives. And not showing any delays. It looks like Avalon is clear through Garson Point Bridge. Traffic on I-10 East and Westmount is traveling at posted speeds as well. Traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. You know, one of the other challenges here uh, historically with the, the private school alternative is that you have what, like 10%-ish? I know historically has been the number. 90% of kids go to regular government school and maybe 10% go to private school. You could put all the money you want into vouchers. There are not enough seats. You know, there are simply not enough spaces. Which is, which is my exactly what I'm saying. So there are going to be people who go into business to right. develop more seats. Are they are they really educating them? But the flip side is maybe you start to remedy that imbalance a little bit. If you open up the funding, maybe you start to get more of the private schools. And then, you know, and also the same thing with teachers. You know, somebody had texted in earlier, well, this is going to mean that schools lose budgets, clearly. And that's going to mean in an already constrained fiscal environment what happens to teachers. And my answer was, well, you know, they're going to downsize teachers, but teachers still need to be needed to teach at the private schools and elsewhere. And so there's going to, over time, you know, be a shift in where those teachers are. What does that do to the remaining students in the public? I mean, these are all fair questions. Um, so anyway, we're going to take a quick time out. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Andrew McKay with Frank White and Danny Zimmern here on The Wrap. Hi, guys. If you find yourself in a divorce or you know that one is coming, you're likely stressed about your kids, your finances, and what your future is going to look like when the divorce is over. You're going to need help with this, and I'm here to do that. Whatever you're facing, I can help you get through it. I specialize in helping guys just like you get through difficult divorces. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and trust me, I can help you through this. Just look me up on social media or on the web. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and I'm here to help. Pensacola, Florida. 
guys, I'm Nicole Stacy. There are more things to do in our area than you can even imagine. So who better to share the adventure of the Pensacola experience than the team at Visit Pensacola? Share with us your experience by using the hashtag ExperiencePicola. Go to visitpensacola.com and listen in Friday at 9:30 on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Listen to News Radio on air at 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, AM 1620, and online at newsradio923.com. Download our mobile app or listen through Alexa. I see dead people. know you needed some journey. You need Eddie Rabbit today in Journey. I think that's what Don't got everybody love, going. Yeah. yeah. It's good to hey. have a little candy in the morning. <laughs> it's good to have yeah. some candy in the morning. 850 on News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. Here for the wrap, we've got uh, Frank White, former uh, state representative. Actually, what, what have you been doing the last couple of years? I don't even know. I apologize. I should it's know, boring. but I don't know. Andy, I, I, started, I started a business and uh, we're growing. We've got yeah, 12 of us downtown who serve our customers it's a, our customers are car dealers across okay the Gulf that Coast. makes sense okay yeah, so from the industry i was in and we we do uh we do a back office service for them and do have a software for them and yeah we're growing and awesome good work meanwhile danny zimmerman is Frank all things mardi gras right now no he is I, yeah I'd, uh and actually not since i have you here i will ask you because you're the expert we had a conversation on the show a little while back about what is the appropriate thing to do with the little baby jesus out of the king cake danny what? expert keep it where I, I don't know about that <laughs> i know i know Publix is selling a record amount of king cakes this year right, it's, fair enough it's Ta- killing it time out you said baby that's baby jesus in the king cake yeah yeah that's a year of good luck and you're supposed to buy the next cake that was just a baby well that's why it's you know a little bit weird to like well, throw the, it out i mean but you know premise, don't throw out baby jesus but that's because mardi gras it takes a jewish guy to know this right because mardi gras <laughs> was the was before Lent, get the celebration out. And in the old, old days, it was because the meat would go bad. So right. they would cook it all on the day before so it wouldn't spoil when everybody gave up meat for Lent. And that was since it's gotten to be a lot more It's a little different these different days. Different these yeah. days. It's but a holdover for thanks sure. Thanks to Danny Zimmer. But it was That's like, right. but it was <laughs> put the baby in his like searching for Jesus. Can, can I just say, I, I love the fact that in Pensacola, right, like one of the Mardi Gras capitals of the world, that this, you know, traditionally Catholic thing right. that the guy who's running all the Mardi Gras stuff is Danny Z. I just it's love Jewish. that. Yeah, I perfect. love that about our town. Like, that's fantastic. That's exactly. It's, it wouldn't be Pensacola without uh, those kind without of Without that kind right. of feature. Right. That's, yeah. that's a feature of Pensacola. But tell me it hasn't been like the best ever since Danny's been that's doing exactly it. That's exactly right. You know, you know I'm right. 100%. Yeah. 852 on News Radio 92.3. Um, one question I was going to ask you guys about, just your thoughts. The expanding of Palafox Market down to Plaza Ferdinand, which they say is going to add, God, I think it's it's either 40 or 80, and I, all of a sudden I just can't remember, but it's a huge number of vendors, so it would now basically be a two-location event, right? Perfect. Uh, Danny? All about it. You know, uh, back to Mardi Gras, when we started 22 years ago, there were two places downtown, Intermission and Seville Quarter, yeah. and real estate signs in every window. Uh, I'm a big event person. It brings people down for a purpose, and then they buy a cup of coffee or, a, or jeans or maybe an occasional piece of jewelry, whatever. Uh, and eat another meal maybe at a right. at a brick and mortar place. So and walk past a brick yeah. and mortar retail that's not part of the Palafox Market, but is still in the vicinity, and you're walking past it and you go in, right? The reurbanization of downtown is just fantastic. You know, there's about 
1,500 apartments on the board, almost uh, coming out of the ground, almost all of them at this point. Uh, new residents downtown. It's going to be, it's just downtown's on fire. I, I love it too. I, it, on Saturday morning, where else can you go for free for several hours and everybody has fun? It, yeah, I think it's fantastic. The one thing that I, I hope they do continue to do a good job of is making sure there's a good mix of vendors. So, I, I, you know, if it's, if one location turns into just, you know, folks selling candles and people selling the crystals, you know, yeah. you know it's, it's the crystal right, corner. Yeah, like yeah. So, so right now, one of the good things about it, I think, is just that it's got an, a wonderful mix. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's well, not the, all the rule of the Palafox market is you have to either grow it or make it. So you can't just go buy something cheap in Atlanta and bring it down here and okay. sell it. It's got to be something that's kind of local, right? There's a Mardi Gras market uh, the week before Mardi Gras that the vendors focus on purple, green, and gold things. Because uh, on Saturday of Mardi Gras, they can't have the market. So they oh, right. they do that as a theme. Uh, so I, I, I love that. I love getting people downtown. Gallery nights are complicated for some, but I do like the exposure of, of downtown uh, with gallery nights. I'm all about events you know we, we we did have a uh when we were talking about the um, pelican drop bringing that back and the suggestion was just move the december gallery night to new year's eve hmm. interesting you know we did that for three years and it, <laughs> and it was a lot yeah it's just a lot it's a big deal it can be a big deal for somebody but we're probably gonna have to find somebody else besides us to do it i got you all right fair enough uh let's uh, before it was just about 650 or 855 here on news radio 92 thrills get candy with traffic on the fives uh, good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns it looks like a pretty good day traffic wise Longleaf, mobile highway and pine forest uh not showing any accidents uh, certainly if you see an accident or you have traffic tips text 437-1620 it's news radio 92 three informative local dependable thanks so much candy can uh, i keep going andy yeah go ahead yeah so andy you know, not now so uh, fix yeah. it say it right Andrew sorry thank you go on so uh, uh you know I think I think the a part of that market is the quality of life of our place right and as the as times have changed where people used to go where the jobs are the jobs go where the people are so right. the better time we can have here being Pensacolians the more it's going to continue and I think that's working too it, yeah that's that quality of life quality of place you know you want to be the place where people want to live because they'll find a way to work from a place that they want to live in right exactly yeah I, I, for sure I mean I see that all the time um, back to a school related issue just because it's been a conversation especially this week uh, with the governor and a couple of the bills that have been filed um, the first one is the partisaning of the school board race uh, you say you're a Republican or you say you're a Democrat which right now you don't just like city council mayors nonpartisan races I favor this because I like information I also think that a lot of people they would know who they wanted to vote for if they were party affiliated and it's hard for them to figure out who to vote for if they're not party affiliated but um there's also the argument that it's more congenial when you don't have the party affiliation i'm not sure we've seen that model <laughs> succeed particularly uh frank you've obviously been in and around this conversation do you think the school board races ought to be partisan i do i agree with it I, for all the same reasons you said i also i lived in texas uh during during grad school and for a few years after and, I, and it was there they actually have partisan elections for for judges which is yeah know, yeah that's an even more a further step i think for people to go and it was it was it was not a problem it, it didn't have you know it didn't do the kinds of things that that people that the folks who were against it uh, well, well so that's a great example like the governor said that there were school boards where he won four to one and they got the school board elected somebody that it would come completely opposite to him philosophically which is probably out of ignorance of the voters and jorge labarga supreme court justice the one holdout you know from the old term of you know real genuine liberal on the court uh got reelected, you know 
because people don't know. You know, I, I bet that, you know, 90% of, well, I, I'm, the voters would have voted him out if they had realized where he was philosophically, but they don't, so they say keep him. I mean, that's my opinion about it. So I, I like the partisan elections. Danny? I don't really. Perfect. Uh, I, I love it. I, uh, you know, I, I like meritocracy, right? I like electing the best person. And anybody who just votes by party, uh, to me, I don't particularly like. I get it. I, not Nothing like Frank, but I have a little political experience. And, uh, uh, you know, I, so I get it. But I think for like school board, I'm not sure I like that partisan or judges as an example. I don't believe I like it. I, I just I want I would hope people would do their research about the candidates and pick the one they think is, would do the best job. I would hope the same experience tells me that doesn't happen. Well, they've it's become political. So do you want a school board member who because of their politics versus their their principles and philosophies? Does that not happen now, though? Well, it may, but it would only be worse, in my opinion. I'm not sure it's good or bad. I just don't think I'm for it. I guess, I guess it seems to me like education has become so politicized. And it's not a brand new thing. I mean, it's been going this way my whole life. But uh, the answers you give on a whole range of topics on education flow from your sort of your political, ethical, religious worldview. It is how I see it. And so, that's why those things are so relevant. So you get a school board with three of one kind to two of another and the school board completely changes the entire year it's policy i i don't know i don't i don't think i like it how, I'm, I'm curious mob, how, i don't like where, mob rule how far would that go would you expand nonpartisanship to like city council and county commission at all or um conceivably okay uh, i mean city honestly, council is already nonpartisan, but you know to county I, commission I think state races on up probably need to be partisan interesting uh, but but I don't know about local races. No, it's a fascinating perspective. And I love it when people disagree because that always makes the conversation richer. Frank, I as don't a- disagree with Frank much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we found the spot. <laughs> Frank White, Danny Zimmer, and as always, gentlemen, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Thank Andrew. You. <laughs> nice. Local talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi is on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.